Thanks for tuning in to localjobnetwork.com radio, where you can find all of your favorite employment-related shows. I'm Katie Chesney, and you're listening to Job Search Guide, a show where we get tips and tricks from experts on how you can land your next job. Today, we're talking with expert Melissa Lorena, who is an employee transition expert and president of Career Outcomes Matter. And before we explore today's topic, could you describe your experience related to this topic as well as your current role in your organization? Sure. Thank you, Katie. And hello, everyone. I would be happy to explain my competitive intelligence experience. So my experience with competitive intelligence really began in 97 in the beginning of my career when I was focused on marketing products and services. And I was working in competitive intelligence in a big bank where I was responsible for reviewing the competitive landscape of this firm and essentially figuring out how we can get ahead of our peers as it related to online. At the same time, I was also coaching uh, professionally, but on a more informal basis, my peers. So this was back in 97. I was providing career coaching information for my classmates as well as the professionals around me at this bank. And essentially what I've been doing since has been really removing roadblocks. So Mm -hmm. internally, psychological roadblocks, like, you know, I can't get that job or externally, I need a resume. And so I've been doing this work with the competition in mind, given my background. Okay. So now you mentioned competitive intelligence is really kind of just surveying the landscape of your competitors. As far as job seeking, could you give us kind of, you know, what a definition of that looks like as far as when you're really job seeking, does that mean you're you're looking at the company that you're applying to their competitors or the other job seekers in the market? Sure. Well, we actually reached the the key. So the key is doing both. So ideally, you would have a really good sense of your own competition as it relates to applying to a particular job. So your competition, what other folks from, let's say, an MBA program are also applying for this specific job. And at the same time, you should always, always do your homework and know about the company's competition from a you know, corporate perspective. So you should know all of the banks that compete with the bank that you want to work for. And I could definitely explain a little bit more on how that information would be very useful in standing out against your peers. Now, is this kind of, um, you know, is competitive intelligence more relevant for certain industries or is it kind of something that can be applied everywhere? What I have found working with um, mid-level professionals is pretty much that If you're a knowledge worker, so if you're someone that has an office job working in corporate America, one of the top Fortune 500 companies, then competitive intelligence is the way that you're going to impress the hiring manager. Now, if you're going for a job that is a little bit more um, test taking based, so Mm -hmm. a government job or even an education job, you know, then there'll be other skills or exercises that you might want to do to better optimize your time. So what steps should a job seeker take when they're using competitive intelligence to land a position? It all starts with the job description. Okay. So when you're out there looking for an opportunity, and let's say you are using the different websites that have jobs on them, use those websites really as data. Use them more to just become really informed as to what sort of core skills are needed and what you're doing to just kind of, you know, explain how to review the job description versus your resume, what you're doing 
is you're looking at what they want versus what you're saying that you can do or what you bring to the table on your resume. Mm -hmm. And then the next step is just figuring out how you can reduce the gap between what they want and what you may not exactly have as closely as possible. On your website, you kind of mentioned when you're talking about competitive intelligence that you should critically think through a resume. So what does that really mean? So what it means is you're looking at your resume as talking points. Mm -hmm. So, for example, when you have a bullet point on a resume and you're really showcasing a particular assignment that you did successfully with some sort of end result noted on the resume, that is basically a story that you would want to package during an interview or a little snippet that you might want to capture in your cover letter. So you're comparing the job description and I'm a little old school, so I'll literally print out a job description and I'll print out a resume, put them side by side and just start to contrast and compare. You know, what is it that you have? What is it that you don't have? And when you don't have something that they want, is there anything that sounds like or smells like what, you know, they desire? Okay. So, and you know, an employer might list 10 different things that they really want in an applicant. So how many areas should you really focus on defining within your resume? I would say have a healthy balance of hard skills that they desire. So let's imagine they want you to have a specific certification. That's an example of a hard skill. Or you could also have another balance of soft skills. So if they have skills such as cross-functional partnerships or being collaborative, that's something else that you might want to think about and think through your own experiences on. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you might have that one go-to skill that you have that happens to appear on the job description. So if you can shell out about five different skills, some that are hard skills, some that are soft skills, and then one that you might really be able to, you know, outshine every other person on, those would be the sort of categories that you want to then think about in terms of the stories that you'd share with people. Okay. How do you kind of take this competitive intelligence to the next step? We've looked at the job description and we've applied that to the resume. Should you be looking into uh, the company itself on LinkedIn and their employees like that? That's exactly how you take it to the next step. So what you should really do is definitely have a LinkedIn account. That's step one. Yes. So um, what you're trying to do is just as I did for competitive intelligence, use the resources online that you have available to you. So it could be as simple as doing a Google search on someone that you're interviewing with and then looking at their background to see what you bring to the table versus what they've done in the past. Or it can be going on LinkedIn and literally thinking about those five areas that really matter as per the job description and looking up to see who was in that role before. Okay. So let's imagine there was one person named Amy and she was a product manager at this particular bank. Mm -hmm. And you see that she was a project manager or product manager and she's moved on since, right? Yeah. And before that, let's imagine she worked at a consulting firm. What you would do is you would look to see what Amy's experiences were right before landing the job that you desire, because that is how she entered the interview setting. That is how she met with the company. And those are the sort of stories that she shared. And that'll give you a really good idea of what sort of stories sell to that particular company. 
So what happens if you look up the individual that you're interviewing with and they have absolutely no online presence at all? What would you do then? So that's if you have if you had a name and they have no no online presence, then what you need to do is really focus on the general words that you're looking for. So for example, let's imagine that you're looking for someone and you don't have their name or or whatever the case might be. You're just looking for a type of person that has been in that role. And that person, you know, you'll have the company name that you want to work for. So that definitely you should type in and you might pair that with a skill. So if there's a skill in the job description, you know, one of those five skills that you want to really focus on, then you might say, you know, company X and let's imagine financial modeling. Mm -hmm. And you might even then want to pair that with the job title that you're going for. What you'll get is a set of people that either closely match or remotely match what you're looking for. Again, the key is finding people that have information on their LinkedIn profile in their experience section, ideally, where they tell you what sort of accomplishments they had before they landed a particular job that you would want to land. And the job, you know, that's the whole thing. You want to make sure that you're getting people that are within that particular location. Okay. So it, you know, if you see people that have the same job and they're like in, you know, Amsterdam, but you're trying to get a job in Milwaukee, then it might not be as useful because it's different. It's a different set of eyes evaluating you, but definitely, you know, start looking for people that have similar roles to the ones that you want and look for those profiles that have some data something is is definitely, you know, better than nothing. And you want to be really, really armed when you go into an interview room. So after you've kind of taken a look at what other people have done to get where they are today, should you also look at other people who have worked in the company that might be kind of closely aligned with the position that you're applying for? You know, perhaps maybe coworkers who might not do this same exact thing, but you're still in the same department or your boss's boss. Is that valuable to look into? Katie, that is absolutely valuable. I mean, to be honest with you, what I have learned having worked with professionals just across the different sectors is that one of the top skills that people are looking for these days is the ability to partner with cross-functional business units. So let's imagine that you work in a legal department. Chances are you're going to have to interface with finance or you might have to interface or talk to someone in marketing. If you have already identified people that are in those different business units and you have a good sense of what they bring to the table, again, from their LinkedIn profiles, then you can craft your message so that you can basically come across as someone that would provide complementary skills to these other cross-functional partners. You can also then craft your message in a way that you can showcase that you have worked with lawyers before, marketers before finance individuals before. I mean, it's just the more information you have, the more strategic you can be in terms of the stories you share with someone. And as I said, having the ability to partner cross-functionally, the number one key, I mean, something I've seen across the board from mid-level professionals to someone that was applying for a CFO opportunity. So after you've done all this research and kind of thought about your strategy, what's the next step? So after you've done all this research, what I would recommend is really leveraging something that I like to call a benchmarking matrix. Okay. What it is, is it's an Excel tool. 
It's an Excel tool that I devised when I was helping a military veteran who was returning to school and wanted to apply to this prestigious marketing award program. And his odds were like 9,500 to one. Okay. And es essentially what it does is it's just a bunch of columns where you have yourself in one column and then you have peers, people that have, you know, in his case, won this award in prior years. And then you just dissect, okay, what is it that they said was their leadership quality? Then you think to yourself, what would be my leadership quality? What is it that they did in terms of really marketing this particular event? Okay, what is it that I did in order to market that same event? And it's just a way to kind of really give you a sense of what are you up against and how is it that you can win if you would have been in competition with those exact people who did indeed win in the past. So that's what you do. You basically take this information and you make it usable on this tool that I have on my website, melissalarena.com. Okay. So essentially, you're kind of looking at what others have done. And then if you have experience that's related, then you kind of think about, okay, well, they did that, but I have this skill and this is how it relates. So what happens if there's like a large hole missing in your story? Like, you no, know, maybe the military vet, he didn't have one marketing skill that was essential for that award. What do you do then? That's exactly where I come in. So as a career coach, what I've noticed is a lot of individuals, they are a little intimidated by what they see online and mm -hmm. the experiences that people have showcased. And they think to themselves, well, wow, you know, I don't have that experience or I don't have that particular relationship. So how is it that I can win? You know, how can mm -hmm. I actually get to the next step? And so what, what we do together as a coaching relationship is we think through proxies, so let's imagine that you didn't, you never worked on a licensing deal, for example. Okay, the skills that you would need to work on a licensing deal are negotiation skills. So then I would bring out from that person and say, when have been other moments when you've negotiated? What can we say that, again, sounds like or smells like what you would have to do in this brand new setting? So it's really about creative thinking and trying to imagine at the essence, what is it that you're trying to communicate that you can do and how have you done it in the past? So after you've compiled all of this information and you've kind of thought about, okay, this is what success in the past has looked like and this is how I can kind of mirror that success. So when you go into the interview, how do you keep all of this in mind so that you're on your A game and you can still like express all of that information that you've compiled? It's, it's pretty funny. I learned this myself when I was probably in high school and it just boiled down to acronyms. Okay. And so what I would do is I would have for each skill, let's imagine you have five different skills, some hard, some soft, and some, you know, being your, your most powerful skills. You would have, you should have a story for each skill that you have on this, you know, benchmarking matrix. And each story, I mean, if you can just bring it down to one word that's going to help you remember this story and then create some sort of acronym that's just more of a memorization tool and really also be comfortable with just kind of speaking and answering a question on the fly. Okay. Okay. And that is what takes practice. So the way that I've helped people has really been in terms of interview coaching. And so what I'll do is I'll ask them the questions that they absolutely don't want to be asked. 
and that's the whole key, right? So mm-hmm. if I can if I can make them really uncomfortable, but then help them through it, of course, then when they're in that actual room and it, when it really, really counts, they would have already nailed the hardest question that they could have been asked. In relation to competitive intelligence, do you have any tips or pieces of advice that you could give our job seekers to really help themselves land a new job? Sure. So I would say the job description is key. I mean, that is like the centerpiece of any sort of job opportunity. Unless, of course, you're going for like a C-level suite job and you know people in the industry, then it's an entirely different conversation. But the job description is key. Memorize it, know it, and make sure you know where you fit in what they're looking for and where you're missing some skills. And of course, have some some sort of proxies or examples of things you've done that are similar. The other part is, and this is this has been really helpful for a lot of my clients, in terms of the hiring manager, him or herself, look at his or her LinkedIn profile and even go through their recommendations on LinkedIn. That gives you a sense of what they value in people in terms of skills. And that also gives you a sense of how they are as a manager. Again, through recommendations, what people have written and what they have written for others. And then, you know, some more tips is basically, again, benchmark against your peers. So just know who you're up against. And then also don't forget in the most traditional way, you do have to be a competitive intelligence analyst of the actual company itself. So really know who you're competing against in terms of the company. So if there's, you know, one bank in a particular country, know at least five other banks that compete for the exact same customers and think to yourself, how can I help this company beat that bank or the other bank or the, uh, the next bank? Okay. Can you give us an example or two of how this might look and sound when you're putting it into play? Sure, Katie. So like I tell everyone, go to a coffee shop. It's going to be a really, really long day. So lots of caffeine is required, Mm -hmm. but it's going to be really worth it because you're going to be so much more confident when you go into that interview room. So what you do is, you know, have with you the printed out job description, have with you your printed out resume, breakout highlighters, think to yourself, okay, in the job description, what are the core skills that they're looking for? Those hard and soft skills, for instance, then in your resume, where, you know, where do I fit into this job description? Where do I fall short of this job description? Where I fall short, how is it that I can tell them that I've done things that either sound or smell like this? So that's kind of step one. Then what you do is get on the internet, go on LinkedIn, Google, different people in that company, ideally within that location. So if it's New York, look for New York, not Amsterdam, and look to see who has had this job before. And then you have to think to yourself, when they interviewed, what skills and experiences did they come into the interview room with? So you're looking at one job before the one that you want. And with this Excel spreadsheet, the benchmarking matrix, you're literally mapping out, okay, Mary, she had an MBA or Mary, she had, you know, accounting experience or a CPA. Okay, what do I bring? I might not have an MBA, but I might have a master's in finance. I might not have a CPA, but I've done accounting, you know, for five years in this other capacity. And that's literally what you're doing. Then the next step after you've completed the benchmarking matrix with, you know, three people, let's say you've compared yourself to who've had similar jobs or that job, 
what you do is you just think to yourself, okay, what stories am I going to tell that really showcase these particular skills? You might even go back to LinkedIn. How is it that these people were, you know, marketing their prior experiences? What sort of words did they use? Is it relevant for me and my experiences? And essentially what you do is you just boil all this information. So your story is down to bullets, one bullet per story, you know, have at minimum five stories and essentially, you know, you just memorize some of the stories and you really have to make the bullets very brief because you're not a robot. So you should not be reading, you know, any information or even just rote memorization. It should come across as natural. That's why it has to be really, really short. So just boil it down to like maybe one word per story that just sparks your memory. And when you get into that interview room, you should have a pocket book full of stories that should be the right answers for the questions that they will ask you. Do you have any final tips or messages that you would like to share with our job seekers before we wrap things up today? Sure. So so I would say really thinking about yourself in terms of your competition it's it's the difference between you know going into a closed book exam and an open book exam okay so you want to go in there and you want an open book exam you want to know who might you be competing against you want to know what sort of stories have won in the past you know this particular hiring manager or this particular business unit or this area of this company so you want to be as informed as humanly possible and honestly using folks and using LinkedIn as proxies as to what you might be up against. I mean, that is one of the best strategies that have worked quite successfully for my clients in the past. And even to the point when people initially were doing these exercises, they were just completely unsure that they could actually land these jobs. But in essence, many of them have. Well, everyone, that's all the time that we have today for a job search guide. So I really want to thank Melissa for coming in and joining us today and sharing her expert advice. Thank you, Katie. Thank have you. Have a great one. You too. Now, to find more employment-related shows, head over to aljanradio.com. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for future shows, email me at aljanradio at localjobnetwork.com. And once again, I'm Katie Chesney with Aljan Radio, and I'll see you next time.